0: Helpless, hopeless once again Searching out for something off the script You'll sleep through anything shoulder of a train While I'm busy Myself counting kind of railroad ties Just like Jimmy Rogers, Mr. Guthrie Stuck out the tracks in the rain Hope that old mind I won't be waiting Seven an inches and no trace
1: Good morning, and welcome to episode two hundred eighty-four of Taking the Charge podcast. With you from Regensburg, Germany, I am David Hein of Hein News. Thank you for stopping by. So, another week has gone by. These weeks are flying by. I am sure so many people will say that. I'm Not, not a true believer in that concept. Uh, I think I may have mentioned it uh, a time or two. I just think there is so much thing, so many things that 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 uh, that that we do during our weeks, um, and, you know, the time's not getting any shorter, it's basically the same, it's still the same, obviously, and, uh, but, you know, we just pack, pack things in there, and, you know, if we think about everything we did in a week, that uh, <laughs> we'd realize, man, I did get a lot of shit done this week, and uh, so, now the week has gone by, lots of things, lots of things going on, you know, in the basketball world. NBA All Star, uh, All Star Weekend, everything else, and you know, so you know, plenty, of, plenty of things to talk about. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to um, the uh, Adidas Next Generation Tournament this week, uh, probably next week as well, um, and then, uh, and then talk about the interview, uh, and then kind of uh, move on and let you all. Continue on with your day. So before we, before we do that, let's let you know how you can get in contact with the show. You can go to uh, High News and uh, HighNews.com. You can uh, get us there, News at gmx.de. As the email, I am at HighNews on Twitter. You can go to the Facebook group. Just put in the search bar, Taking the Charge Podcast, and you'll find us there. You can become a patron and support the show. You go to Patreon.com/slash Taking the Charge, all one word. T- patreon.com, Patreon.com/slash Taking the Charge. Um, thank you again, as every week, to all of those people who support the show. It's absolutely amazing that you uh, that you support it, that you take your hard-earned money and and you uh, and you uh, pass it along to 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 this show. Thank you, uh, from the bottom of my heart, to to those who are doing that. All right, uh, yeah, fourth leg of the Adidas Next Generation Tournament, and uh, you know, some interesting dynamics going on right now uh, with this competition, and uh, in the fat, in, in the way that you know we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, which teams will get the the wild card spots. You know, there's basically three three wild cards. Uh, three wild cards. Actually, t- I mean, really, two teams up for grabs. If you, if you really, you know, if you really, you know, kind of, uh, uh if you really kind of look at it, you know, so there's 18 field, and you have four, uh, the four tournament winners. So you have Juventus, you have, uh, Lettos ritos Rytas Vilnius, and then from from Munich, a couple weeks ago, you had Real Madrid you will have the winner of the Belgrade tournament this weekend on Sunday and and then you also have the the champs so CFBB uh, would be going and then in theory you have a host team and and so um, it, it's i guess you can kind of uh, you know play you know play it by ear and see who is actually going to be the host team and you would think it'd be Svezda um you know uh, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case you know they can make it parties on they can make it uh, mega uh, and you know <laughs> you know a lot of these teams are a lot of the other teams are trying to figure out you know how, what their chances are of going to the to the to the to the to the finals uh, at the final 4 the early final 4 in may in in belgrade and, you know, Barcelona, you know, you can't think they could, you know, would be able to get a wild card. And, you know, Shaguerus is saying, okay, well, you know, we should, we deserve a wild card. And uh, Bayern Munich, you could probably say that, uh, you know, them reaching the final, losing to, losing to uh, losing to Real Madrid. Of course, them losing to, losing to Bamberg kind of doesn't help their cause. Um, but, you know, what's Mega going to say if they lose, you know, uh, if they lose in the final? You know, the so as the they've won seven tournaments, seven uh, Belgrade championships in a row. And, uh, you know, they ended up getting a wild card last year after losing in the final. And uh, so, uh, so <laughs> some pretty, pretty interesting stuff, you know, like, you know I, we're going to probably know. I think usually it's like, um, you know, early April, late March, early April, something around there is when we kind of know, you know, who the uh, wild cards are going to be. So, but let, let's get through. Let's get through the fourth tournament. Uh, let's let's kind of run down the teams. So it's um, it's Ana Istanbul. You have Svetan Svezda, Belgrade. Uh, you have uh, GBA Prague. Then there's Mega Belgrade, Partizan. You have Spars, Sarajevo, and Umana ryer venice i think that's all that i give you a sabona sabona sagreb uh so those are the teams only champion only former champion is svezda uh, of the finals uh, is, is is svezda mega was in the final and uh they actually lost only two games last year if you really break it down they lost in the final of the of the belgrade tournament and then they lost to the final of the of the they lost in the championship game against uh against uh, C- cfbb paris so uh, those are the teams uh let's see if i can find the the so the breakdown of the standing of the groups uh so it's fs svesda spars and venice in one group and then sabona gba mega and Partizan. Any other, so you do have a uh, very real possibility of Svesda meeting meeting Belgrade in the final. I'm not saying that that is going to be the case, but that's just kind of um, uh, kind of the uh, it is set up that way, so that could happen. And to the FS, um, they actually this is this might actually be one of the one of the best um, one of the best teams uh, from Turkey. Um, if you look at uh, Turkish national team talent, um, you know Mustafa Keturuludom is probably going to be their main guy. He was on the team that uh, that finished fifth at the at the European Championship U16 last year and will be going to the World Cup this year. Uh, there's actually three other guys that were on that team. Um, you had Omar Khan Ilasugul Ilis, Sigulu, um, Gotok Baz, uh, and Tariq Sheshgun. Uh, and then you also had three, two guys on the U16 team last year for Turkey, Nadir Kelogulu and Mert Kamci. So uh, there is quite of a, uh, quite a few national team talents on this team. Uh, unfortunately, I, I really, I really can't, uh, I really can't uh, say uh, lows and lows about these guys. Um, and uh, I, I they're just. Turkey for me was a blur last year. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of didn't really figure they would make it. Uh, so it was really uh, it's kind of neat that they did, but uh, I really didn't have them totally making it to the World Cup. So um, go, moving on to Sabona, their main guy probably would be Dino Bistrov- Bistrovic, um guard, two uh, one combo guard, who um, who uh, he averaged 14.5 last year. One of their main leaders last year. Uh, gone from this team is uh, Macha Rudan who we saw in in, Ro- in uh, Munich uh, with Bayern uh, you you also have um, you also have uh, Rocco per- 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 Uh obviously father is uh, uh, a, a fantastic player um, and uh, supposed to be pretty highly regarded talent uh, Donko Bronkovich, I remember him. Kind of interested to see what he's able to do. Uh, it, it, it looks kind of a younger team. Uh, if you look at the three, six, nine, fourteen 14 team, 14 player uh, preliminary roster, there's two, four, six, seven, eight, nine, nine guys who are 2001 or 2002. Uh, and they actually, have one, two, three, uh, dun, 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 three, four, five guys who are two thousand two. So you are looking at at least three of those guys probably making it to uh, to the team in Belgrade. So a very young team. <clears throat> so you really, uh, <laughs> I don't even know if they have this as far as betting goes, but you know, with uh, Dino uh, Dino Bistrovic uh, being. Uh, I'd say 15 points or more as an average. I'd probably go with the over on that. Uh, let's move to Svezda. Uh, a couple of guys are back from, from the team last year, but they did lose quite a bit. Um, Zoran Paunovic, uh, who really, uh, I think in that final, really played his way into their all-tournament team a year younger, just a super defensive guy uh, offensively, can, can do some things as well, but just wasn't... Uh, that important of an offensive figure last year, uh, Lazar Ziv- Zivanovic was a uh, 2001 born, year younger than he. He was a guy who last year really didn't do very much at all. But you know, it was his first year back in Belgrade. He went to Real Madrid for a year, and uh, I'm sure he'll be a bigger part of this team. Lakić Um you know, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he was a year younger last year and, you know, you had, you had your Momorov and, and uh, it was Kokovich and, 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 and uh, and whatnot. So uh, you didn't have, uh, he didn't he really, you know, get as much as he could have. Um, but, you know, he sort of has a, has a, sort of this killer instinct, like, a um, like, a, uh, what's his name? Uh, Belichick. Uh, and I'm, I'm not comparing him to bullichka at all but you know he's really got this killer instinct and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he plays in this tournament because I think you know he can maybe be a lot more of a of a you know just just because he'll be that much more of a of a player you know uh, of importance uh, for this team so uh moving on to mega they actually have they actually have a couple of uh, quite a few guys back on this team and uh could be you know is any team gonna beat Svezda? You know, they've they've won forty uh they've won thirty one games in a row. And so they uh dating back to a game in the uh 2010 eleven, I think, or eleven or twelve uh ten eleven or eleven twelve season, I think eleven. Um so they're you know they're 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 not going to be easy to take down, but there are there are uh, actually quite a few guys back from this team. You know, you look at um, uh, Igor Drabnik, uh you have Bogdan uh, Nedeljkovic, um, you have uh, Amar Mehic. And uh, Alton Islamovic, all those guys are back. All those guys had pretty good roles. I mean, you obviously missing Miskovic. There's Miskovic's younger brother. Novak is on this team, and of course, you're missing Uh, uh But you know, one of the guys that is uh, new to this team is Maja Jovanovic, and he, Mateja Jovanovic, uh, and he was on the he was on the partisan team last year uh, at this tournament. So, um, yeah, don't really know. Uh, the other guys all that well, but you know there is quite a few te- guys back on the team that uh, that that you know, like we said, only lost two games last year in the championship game and the final against against Svezda. Uh Moving on to um, uh, moving on to Partizan. Uh, obviously, the big name is Marco Pekarski, who last year played in. He's playing his fifth tournament. Believe it or not, uh, this is his fifth tournament. Played two years with with Uh, Zaymun, uh then went to Mega for a year. Then was with Bayern last year, and now he's on. Uh, now he's with uh, with uh, Partizan. So he'll probably he'll be the biggest uh, the the biggest figure on this team without a doubt. Um, but you know you also have you know Stevan Karapan Karapandic. Um, you have uh, Dusan Tanaskovich. Um, yeah, a couple of guys. So, again, I, I just think that there's, they're going to go so much through Pekarski. Uh, you know, early candidate, uh, almost a, a must as far as uh, making the alternative team, I would imagine. Uh, but, you know, have to see how the other guys play. I'm mean, usually not going to win one game, but a guy who, you know, last year he grabbed 24 rebounds. He was hurt and, and missed, a, I think, three months or so, and his first game with Bayern Munich was actually in the coin tournament, and he grabbed 24 rebounds against Sabona. So, you know, uh, fantastic player and, and looking forward to see what he can do. Um, moving over to Spar, Sarajevo. Um, you know, I, I, again, still kind of young, not as young as they were last year. Uh, but uh, you know, a couple of uh, a couple of really high level guys, uh, Tyreek uh He actually signed a long term deal. Two thousand one born. He's a year younger. He actually signed a long term deal with uh, Fenerbahce, and they've uh, sent him to Spars to, to to play this year. And he's I can't wait to see him play. He was uh, dominating the uh, things last year, and then I think he'll be you know just one of the stars of this tournament. Uh, and, you know, Ado Preljic, younger brother of, of Emir. Um, and unfortunately, that, that's really, you know, I haven't done too much homework uh, on, on these teams yet. Uh, but, you know, just, you know, Bavarevic is going to be so much fun to watch. I can't, I can't really, can't wait to, 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 to watch him. Uh, Umana Venice. Um you've been told that the, to, the guy to watch for them is Federico Ma- Miaski. Um, really, the only really the only guy I know on this team. Uh, they do have a a big Hungarian center, and we saw in Bayern uh, two Hungarian uh, in the Munich tournament. There was two Hungarians with uh, Ratio from Ulm, uh, two Hungarian centers. So it'd be kind of interesting to see what they do. They, they have. Uh, interesting enough, a guy from San Marino with P- uh, Pietro Ugolini. Uh, don't really know how 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 much talent he has. Uh, and back now for the second time in the tournament uh, is uh, GBA Prague. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of the Slovakian Czech side of things. Uh, though they do have uh, a couple other talents. Um, you know, one of the main guys to mar- watch would be Mark Jeksen, uh Playing, uh, he's an Estonian, and uh, he'll probably be one of the one of the you know good weapons for Estonia this year. At the under 18s, when they try as I try to go back up to Division A, uh, do have another Estonian, Andrei Loigu, uh, Lithuanian, Modestas, uh, Marshanoka, uh, Latvian, uh, Belarusian. So, a lot of, uh, a lot of countries, uh, represented. The other two, the other two are basically just. Uh, Slovakians and and uh, and Czechs uh, I know that's not a great uh, rundown of the team other than just saying where the guys are, are from but uh, you know knowing that knowing uh, coach uh, betko you know these guys will be playing disciplined basketball and hard you know, and, and really uh, you know at least given given good effort on the defensive end uh, so yeah just really looking forward to, to seeing uh, for me, a, a really a, a, a more or less an unknown group of guys, um, so it's going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, so that's that's kind of it for for the for the um, uh, for the Adidas Next Generation Tournament Belgrade. Um, you know, just putting it out there, I would, I would imagine that Svezda sh- should win it, uh, but you know, without knowing the other guys that well. You know, Mega, you know, how do those guys step up? You know, missing two of the, the real leaders of that team. You know, those guards, Alitovich uh, and, uh, and Dropnik, you know, they played huge roles last year on that team, and, and you need to have good guards in order to win these tournaments. Um, so, you know, how far can P- Pekarski take them, uh, take Partizan? Yeah. Um, you know Peverevich. You know how are the other guys there with Spars? You know this is a guy who's who's you know probably pretty close to playing a uh, playing a, a major role with a with a with a with a senior uh, club team. So should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, you know though, I I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limit. I'm gonna say that the that the the Munich tournament is actually still gonna be probably the best. Of the the bunch of the of the quartet uh, in terms of high level talent, let's call it NBA level talent or upper Euroleague team level talent. Uh, I'm gonna say that that's probably higher than this tournament. Uh, you knew that you knew some of those names going into the Munich tournament. These guys are not quite as high, um, you know, the Serbians, there's, you know, OK, there's Bukarski and, you know, Ponovic, you know, really has to kind of take a step up to be sort of at that level. Um, you can say Pverivich, Uh but but, you know, the, the, the Turks aren't really that high uh you know sabona you know not really i mean this is a chance for a lot of these guys to break out so you know maybe 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 uh you know maybe they have maybe we'll see we'll have uh, a whole uh, a whole you know slew of new names to watch out for after this tournament but uh but let's wait and see on that all right so let's move on to the interview um I had a chance to, I don't know, and I, actually I talked about it before uh, at the start of the interview. Um, sometime I was um, uh, just bouncing around YouTube and ran into a basketball documentary called "Never Too Late." And uh, yeah, I just sat down and watched it, and uh, and I thought, you know what? Let's uh, let's get this guy on and talk about uh, this uh, wonderful story. Uh, so that is uh, who we're talking to uh, the interviews with Ryan Wetzel who was the coach/ slash trainer of Shad Blair and it's about his uh, his dream of playing professional basketball uh, starting at uh, age 34 uh, and you know th- I guess you guys there'll be some spoilers here and there a little bit in, in the uh, in the interview. Uh, but you know, it's 28 minutes, you know, YouTube, just YouTube, never too late. Go check it out because it's really, really nice, uh, really nicely well done. And it's a really great story. So go check it out. Here's the interview with, uh, Ryan Wetzel and we'll catch you on the other side. Okay. So on the show this week, we have Ryan Wetzel, um, the co-star of the documentary film, never too late. And also a. Personal basketball coach, trainer, and and motivational speaker, uh, Ryan. Thanks for uh, coming on, show.
2: Yeah, you bet. Glad to be here.
1: Um, you know, to, to be honest, I can't even I can't even remember. It's funny sometimes. You know, you you run across things, and and you you just don't remember where you where you came across something anymore. Uh, after a while, I don't know if that's just getting older or whatnot. Uh, but somewhere, somehow, I came across a documentary, uh said documentary that you are sort of the co-star in. Uh, it's called Never Too Late. Um, and it's a tale about a, um, yeah, I guess you could say mid, almost mid-30s, um, yeah, plumber <laughs> um, in, in Montana uh, who... Who? Um, well, why don't I let you? Why, why do I let you tell tell, uh, tell the people about it? Um, so the movie, the movie, the documentary film is called um, "Never Too Late," and it says it's about um, you, your relationship, and, and uh, working together as a as a trainer, coach, uh, agent with uh, Shad Blair. And the kicker is a documentary film chronicling chronicling. A quest for greatness. So, go ahead and, and and tell people a little bit about this documentary film.
2: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how this thing came to fruition. I, uh, you know, I played at the top level. I, you know, I I have a background myself playing in 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 basketball. I played collegiately played in the United States and and overseas for for a stint over in Germany and uh, uh, came back with a little bit of um, background. And and it's funny how this all came about. I, you know, was asked once I got back to Montana if if I was interested in playing in a men's rec league. And I, you know, I was like, you know, maybe I can can go in and play and, and have fun this time, you know, and not be so competitive. But you know being who i am it's tough to just kind of relax and play basketball i'm, I'm super competitive well i went into this uh, this little rec league here in in montana in in the little Bidru valley and uh first team that we played there was a bunch of guys you know that were weren't very athletic it at the seemed they, they weren't tall and and you know i was thinking man we're going to run through these guys i'm probably going to score 40 on them and right before the buzzer sound, uh, to get the game started, in come this dude ducking under the door, and you could tell he just got off work, his hands were still still dirty, he come running in and started lacing him up. And right then I was like, Man, this dude's he's gotta be close to seven feet tall, you know. And he got on the floor with, with no warm up. And they threw the jump ball, and and he tapped it to his player, and off we went. And and I was thinking, you know, he might be just tall and unathletic, and lo and behold, the guy could play. I mean, next thing you know, at halftime, he probably had 20 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, He had a couple dunks. And I really started to take note. I'm like, you know, I know a lot of guys in the state of Montana I've never heard of this dude who is he what's he about and that's what really started to perk my interest towards this guy you know he had no idea who I was we started to battle back and forth I was going at him he was going at me and at the end of the game you know I walked up to him and 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 asked him what his background was. If he was interested in run running in a, a couple money tournaments that I I know about here in the area, uh, and he was kind of hesitant, but but I finally convinced him. And you know that's kind of what really got us going in that whole journey in the basketball is just playing in these pickup tournaments around the state. Um, and and when when we got done in the big money tournament up north. Uh, on the way back I had asked him you know have you ever thought about doing anything professionally what's your background I need to know a little bit more about you man like you know you can play dude and and he kind of told me what happened to him and and how he injured his arm and and how he he had to step away from the college game and it took you know eight years to heal and I finally asked him, I said, Look, how old are you? I never asked that. And he said, I'm, at the time, he was 34. He said, I'm 34 years old. And I'm like, Geez Louise, buddy. I thought you were like the way you're playing. I thought you were you know, 22, 23. And uh, then that's when I asked him, I said, Look, you know, you're 6'10, athletic, you can run the floor. Have you ever thought about doing anything professionally? You know, I got some connections. I know some people, and uh, he was like, yeah, I've always kind of dreamed of it, but I never knew anybody that had that connection, so I just kind of let that dream slide. Well, we just kind of ventured into it. You know, I I said, well, let's just try to get you into some combines, man, and I started working, networking, and doing my thing, and we sent him down to Florida uh, to go to um, a big – Workout down there with, with South South American representatives looking for some some players. And he did okay. He learned a lot. He came back. Then there was a second one um, he got invited to. So we sent him back down. And he was more prepped and ready. Kind of understood the pro level. And he did well, man. He made the third team all-defensive uh, player. Out of, like, 100 players, he made third-team all-defense. Uh, and at this time, he's turning 35 years old. So I always told him, too. I said, don't tell anybody how old you are, man. I don't want anybody to know that. <laughs> you know, I want you to be – just play the game, man. Just play the game the best you can. And, and he did well. Well, he got a couple looks, but nobody had really invited him to to play with their club teams or anything. So he came back to Montana. And the good thing that happened with that second tryout was, um, the, the 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 director of that combine had told him, "Hey, look, you know our biggest one is in Las Vegas. You know, I know you're going to get a look somewhere there. If you can make it down to Vegas, we'll waive your fees and all that, <clears throat> and uh, and and hopefully get you get you signed." So right there that was a good thing if the director of the combines talking. So he comes back with that good news and, and tells me kind of what's up and and between that time and the Las Vegas combine I'd received an email from a from a documentary film company that had asked if I had anything worthy of the documentary if if they were to come follow us. And and so I was kind of skeptical. I reached out to the guy, and I just kind of visited with him. He asked me, you know, you got anything worth filming? And I said, well, I got a kid that I trained back in middle school. He ended up making a, a Pac-12 team. Uh, he had been cut his senior year, Austin Eastman. He got cut his senior year, but he continued to work out the, the workout regimen I gave him. And he ended up signing with the... Utah Utes uh, men's basketball team at the University of Utah. I said, I got that kid. And he was playing there at the time. And <clears throat> Devin Ryder, the documentary film guy, said, well, that's good. What else you got? I said, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I got a 35-year-old plumber from Stevensville, Montana. Who's cooking, he's trying to go play. And, and that's when Devin was like, that's it. I'll take that. Yeah, so that kind of sparked that whole thing. You know, he said basically, you know, is there any way we could come over and, you know, have a sit-down interview with you and Shad, and you know? Would that be okay? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine. So that's what kind of kick-started this whole documentary journey, you know?
1: And how did he take to it?
2: Well, it's funny because I when I called Shad you know, I called him up, man, and you know, we were we were working hard, man. He worked 12-hour days. I worked my job, you know, I go and you know, I do my personal training stuff on the side just just cuz I love it. I'm, I'm I love the game of basketball. So, um you know, in this whole thing, I I called Shad up. I said, "Hey, look, you know, Shad's very introverted." And I say, "Hey, look, you're not gonna believe this man, but you're gonna be getting interviewed. interview. We got a we got a documentary film company coming over and wanting to interview you and I and pretty much follow us around. What do you think? And he paused for like <laughs> for like twenty seconds. And he's like, Ah, I don't know, man. <laughs> he's like, I'm focused. I don't want anybody really bugging me I mean you know it's about business It's you know playing professionally is business man and you got to be serious and focused and and I, and I told I told him I said look let's just give it a shot these guys might be the real deal you never know you never know where this will end up let's just give them a shot he said alright so I convinced them to to support this and so the documentary crew came over uh And next thing you know, I'm, you know, I got about three different cameras in my living room, you know, and, and then it just started to go, you know, they just started to kind of ask me questions about my career, what I've done in my life, you know, they asked Shad the same kind of questions and then, and then they started to, you know, investigate, you know, how we, how we met and, you know, it just started to, to grow from
1: there. And was this the first time you ever sort of been in any sort of documentary film? I mean, it, it close anything close to this?
2: Oh yeah, man! I've never been, you know, uh, involved in anything like this, and and you know, it was one of those first time experiences that you know you you, you at first are not you're like, whoa, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, you'd be walking through your house and you got, you know, a camera following you around. You're cooking dinner, you're eating with your family and you got a crew filming you while you do it. And it was, at first it was kind of like, wow, this is, this is crazy. But it got to a point after a period of time where you didn't even know they were there. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they were they were very professional and and they just kind of just dissolved and and you didn't even notice it. So it it was interesting at first, but then it became just like your day to day, no big deal after that.
1: And then, so while all this is going on, you're basically you know working you know Shad's butt off trying to get him you know ready for then where we we where we jump into the journey if you will uh, as viewers uh, you know into the sort of the preparations for the for the Vegas combine um you know with, without without you know like people are people sh- you know should go definitely watch it and, uh, but you know how do you uh you know we see what happened and all that how how do you think he um i guess well it's you know going through this whole process as uh, uh you know as as a, as, a, as a trainer as a, as a coach if you will um you know what did you think about how how all of it goes down and 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 how you know the whole business works of of trying to get somebody ready for for something like this regardless of age really
2: yeah i mean that's a great question that you know with with chad in particular you know, the 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 process in becoming a professional athlete is it's it's I mean it's a grind. You know, you gotta you gotta watch what you eat and gotta do what you gotta do to keep keep in shape. And you know, with Shad and everything going on in his own personal life, it was like you know I understand this is going on. You know, the part with his father. You know, his dad and, and his illness, and being a married man with grown children, having a, a you know to support a family, you know that I know was was tough on him. But in the professional world, we can't let that hamper us. So I would I would really work with him on just you know I let him vent to me a little bit. Clear his mind, and then we we'd get to work. We'd go and maintain. We'd, we'd focus. We'd cut out all the distractions. Um, mm-hmm. Even with the around, you know, we were we were focused. You couldn't you couldn't shake us on this path. And so it was it was just this it was it was huge for us to have that preparation. You know, I'd explain to him we got we got this little window, man. I mean, we got this little window we got to focus. we got to maintain. We can't let anything really distract us. And we got to step up to this opportunity and take full advantage of it. And, and what was beautiful about Shad is he, he, he listened. He cut everything out. He watched his diet. He bought into everything I was telling him. He respects me. So there was this, there was mutual respect. And he stepped up and, and started to really show that he could do it. And that gave me more encouragement uh, to keep pushing him. And that level of concentration that I saw in the guy, it, it motivated me to keep feeding him the the possibilities. So it it just it just started to grow. And what was so cool is, you know, we had this this film crew totally capturing every moment of it, unscripted, unpredictable, and raw. And and it turned into obviously a, a legendary story.
1: We we you know again for those who haven't go haven't seen it go see it uh, never too late, um, but you, you know you got him when he was thirty four, right thirty four.
2: Thirty four. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know he, you know you you talked in, in the in the film. There's a little more description about what happened. What do you think you could have, you know? What do you think he could have been able to do? if this all would have happened when he was 24?
2: Well, you know, I get that question, man. I've, I've, I've been asked that quite a bit and, 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 you know, life is full of what could have been, you know, and, 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 and of course, you know, you reflect on, man, if I'd have caught this guy at 24, you know, he may have went even bigger, you know, and, and of course, that would have been the case with this guy. I mean, he had the hands, the, the quickness, the size, the ability, the strength. I mean, he looks skinny, but the guy is, he's so strong. And to think, wow, you know, at 24, what what you could have done and, and this and that, you know, we would get that, you know, he, he knows, you know, he and I'd be visiting and you know, and, and he'd just think, "Man, you know, being that combine in Vegas, he'd be sitting over there with his shoes off and his his ankles purple and his knees are swollen, and he's looking at all these young guys that just got done playing just as much as he did, and they're all walking around the facility laughing and joking, and he's asking me to go get him a bag of ice you know we 'd laugh you know they're like, these guys have no idea that this grown man is." beating the crap out of him on the floor and they're coming up to him slapping him five saying great job holy cow I didn't think he could play like that you know it was it was great and we'd laugh and, and even say you know like dude would I be doing to these guys if I was 25 you know we'd laugh we of course he would have done bigger and better you know
1: but it wouldn't have been the story and, and that, and, and the story is what it is. Um, having, having, you know, lived at first, um, did you guys, did you, did you watch it? Basically when, when did you actually, uh, you know, when did the film crew kind of give you, let's say, uh, you know, the, the, you know, more or less finished product to, to watch. And then, what did you what did you think of it? And did you watch it? Did you guys watch it separate? Did you watch it together?
0: Well,
2: so so when Devin Ryder uh, sent me the final product, you know, I watched it all by myself. I, I went. I'm like that because I, I was I was skeptical. I, I knew it was going to be good. I knew they did a great job. But I wanted to make sure everything was was on on that expectation that I had. So I went and, and when they sent it to me, I went and sat down and I watched it. And you know, they did such a tremendous job in those twenty eight, thirty minutes of film you know, the, the movie's about twenty eight minutes long. You know, they had filmed us for, for a year, a year and a half. You know, they did a great job telling the story in those 28 minutes. Uh, when it concluded and wrapped up, I'm not kidding, man. I got teary eyed. I got choked up. You know, it was like, oh my God. Well, I mean, you this, this, <laughs> you know, like, wow, this, this really is something incredible. And, and then I, I just saw Shad one day and I said, hey, you know, here you go. I said, sit down with your wife. And I gave him a copy of it. I said, check it out. Give me a call when you're done. He just kind of smiles and looks at me. He says, is it good? And I just said, go sit down and watch it with your wife and call me when you're done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, he called me. He, he was, you know, he's an old school guy like me. You know, we don't we don't have that uh, big emotion. But, he, you know, I could tell he was a little weak in the throat, man. He said, this this is good. I said, it's legendary, man. You know, I said, they captured this whole story, you and me, two Montana kids trying to fulfill a dream for a guy. And it worked. It was like, you know, the odds of it really are like the lottery. And, you know, like, when, when, when uh, Devin in, in Color Burn Productions had uh, put it in the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, one of the biggest film festivals in uh, the Northwest, or the United States, something. It's, it's fairly big. The, the documentary got rave reviews, got nominated for an award and we got vip treatment the entire week and we're signing autographs we got people coming up to us crying shaking our hands saying it was amazing you guys are an inspiration uh and when it really hit me and Shad, we went to the wilma theater in missoula montana this this theater is legendary it's been around for a long time and uh, when "Color" or when uh, "Never Too Late" started to play, the the theater had filled to almost capacity. There was there was like seven hundred people in there, and it started. And when it ended, you know, I was looking around. I was I was in shock. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" There's all these people that are here. They see the insides of my home. They see my family. Oh my gosh! My wife was freaking out. She's like, "I hope my kitchen looks nice enough," you know. All these all these little things, you know it's like we're really private people we live out in the country, you know, and all these people sitting there watching it and when that when that final scene happened and it and it ended, it got a standing ovation. They looked up at the balcony, they had Shad and I come down on stage, and here's these two Montana kids that just decided to do something crazy. We're getting cheers and hoorays and and it happened again, you know, people hugging and, and people saying, you know, we're such an inspiration. It was beautiful, man. And it was so good for Chef. I was so happy for that guy, man. It was great for him.
1: We see at the end, um, I'm not going to give it away for, for those who haven't seen it, but, uh, how, um, how much further did it go on from there? Uh, not, not 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 um let's say, you know, we both know what happened at the end of the film. But, you know, to how much how much longer did he did, did it go on after that?
2: Well the the attention just kept going and, and PBS uh internationally had shown it. Um it had went to a, a um Documentary film festival in South Korea. Uh, you know, it's it's been all over the globe. I mean, I've had people um, that have contacted me from all over the world saying this is a, this is an amazing story. Thank you, thank Shad. You guys are an inspiration. And, and people that aren't even part of the basketball world have found motivation in this story simply on the fact that you know, this guy that's in his mid thirties did what he did, you know, and had support from his family. You know, my, my journey as well, you know, continuing to, you know, be involved in, in sports and basketball, given the circumstances that I had faced, you know, it, it didn't end at the documentary film festival. It didn't end, uh, showing PBS, you know, now, now that it's, online and people are seeing it it's become it's kind of like a you know basketball world it's a you know it's there in one of those legendary storylines you know in the in the world of sports there's this documentary that's that's there now that shows these two montana kids you know fulfilling a dream and the odds greatly stacked against them and it, you know, it's just, it keeps growing. It keeps growing. You know, you walk into a store, you got somebody that sees you. And, you know, I was at a convention the other day and I'm just doing my motivational stuff and talking to some folks and walk to a grocery store. And, and, and here comes a few people out of nowhere that just saw me and knew who I was and hugged me and loved this story and had me sign some autographs. And it's like, wow, wow, <laughs> crazy.
1: Uh, and how long did he play? Then uh, we saw, we see it at the end that he he gets with, he gets uh, hooked up with Atlanta. How how much yeah. how much did he end up uh, playing?
2: So so in that duration, uh, through the Las Vegas combine to the actual time that he went and played, there was a, there was a good gap, about six months,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, five months. And the season for the a b had already the aBA had already started, so uh he you know he got contacted midway through uh because of their team post player got injured, and so they got grabbed my information that I had out there and contacted me and it was like boom, just like that, so they sent him down about uh, i would say about a quarter way through the the aba season um and then he played clear into the final. uh they lost out in the uh semi round of the aba playoffs and that was it um and then he came back and then he got another offer uh to con- continue on but you know he his body at that time and and you know he just felt like he had done enough and, and felt satisfied. So he, he called it a career. So it was it was about a season long for the ABA.
0: Yeah.
1: How gratifying was it for you to, to see him play those games?
2: I'll tell you, you know, you don't you don't really understand like when when you're sitting there and you're watching this guy playing on ESPN, you know, that's your, your lifelong dream is to play on ESPN as a kid. You know a lot of these kids around here. And to see this man running that floor and cameras all over the place and he's playing the best he's ever played and, and and at that professional level and blocking shots and doing what he's doing, it was it was surreal. It was it was like uh like Christmas when you get a big old present that you weren't expecting. And you're like, Oh my yeah, you know, this it was that kind of emotion where you, you, you he did it, and 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 that was the, the most rewarding thing for me, knowing this guy's story, knowing what he's been through, believing in him, regardless of naysayers, because there were some people locally that were kind of frowning upon this whole thing, and I was in his ear the whole time, man, like, nope that's that's the coach in me, that's the mentor in me that's the motivator in me. you're gonna do this man, and for it to actually materialize was so rewarding it was it was fantastic
1: so you 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 are like we said at the beginning you know you are a personal basketball coach trainer uh you're a you know motivational speak, speaker you know Going through this whole tale and, and, and seeing that you know you, if you if you put your mind and, and 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 energy and spirit behind something like this that that you can accomplish something even though the odds are greatly stacked against you you know looking at those two aspects of your life how did this whole process change you know both both from sort of the coaching coaching training and then also from the motivational speaking.
2: I mean, this this has really rekindled that fire and that that um, inspiration for me to, to keep pushing and, and going on and doing what I do because I'm all about, you know, don't give up on yourself. I'm all about, you know, encouraging people to do what they should be doing. And, and if you got a talent, Don't think that you can't do it. Look at the process in accomplishing it. That's my whole message. Like, yeah, odds are always going to be stacked against you. But how can you overstep those odds? How can you break through all these, these things that are going on, these obstacles? And Shad had rekindled that for me because I've always had inspiration to go out and mentor youth, mentor adults, help people out. That's always been something of mine ever since I was younger. Uh and with with this this journey I've had with with my my friend Shad just put put me in a whole different mind context and made me realize you know my support and my encouragement, you know, can be used <clears throat> even at a greater length. Uh, and so that's why I do what I do and why, you know, schools in, in Montana and in the United States are starting to schedule me, you know, because I do have a story. You know, I I had a lot in common with Shad. You know, a lot of folks didn't know, you know, I was slam dunking the ball at 13, I was averaging close to 35 a game as an eighth grade, 14 year old kid. I was dunking, you know, three to four to five times a game sometimes. And this back in the early mid nineties before Instagram and stuff, you know, and then I got compartment syndrome in my right leg. And so, you know, I had to break through that depression. I had to break through all the, the struggles of being injured, uh, chronically injured for the rest of my life from, from 16 years old on up. And they give you a little blip of that in a documentary, but a lot of folks have said, you know, Ryan Wetzel should get a, a documentary just on his story because, you know, it's a story of resiliency and, uh, and, and hope. So it, it's funny how it's all kind of intertwined through Shad, my, my journey itself. It's like, you know, I grabbed a guy that was injured and, and motivated him. I think I got something here. I really want to start doing stuff with injured athletes that can't compete anymore because I I, I'm there. I've been there. My, my, my whole journey has been around that. So.
1: In what regard In trying to get on to a different, uh, level of, of their professional life or, or what?
2: Yeah. So my mindset is helping guys that have competed at, at a, a level of of professional, even collegiately, even high school, uh, that has some tragic situation happen to them. And a lot of these guys don't know how to go forward in life. They don't know which way to turn. They've only identified themselves as an athlete this this entire time. And once that stops, it's like, what else can I do with my life? Well, I'm a clear-cut example uh, that there's other ways to feel good about Doing stuff, you know, and that is for me. Still mentoring, still coaching, still doing the things I do on the basketball floor, but from a sideline perspective, um, walking in and and redirecting the thought process of I can't go and I can't go on anymore. You know, life's no good without sports or whatever. And I come in and say, no, here's some tools to help. You know, equip you so you can get something else going in your life and, and having other options and, and feeling important about it.
1: That's one of the beauties that, you know, of, of of you know sports as a segment of life is that, you know, sports is, you know, there's one aspect of, of actually playing sports, but then there's, you know, hundreds, you know, probably bordering on thousands of, of different ways to actually stay, you know, involved in that game. You know, and and you know whether that's you know whether it's reporting, whether it's coaching, whether it's you know the physical therapy or you know you know there's like I said there's hundreds of different ways to stay you know agents, scouts, you know there's so many different ways to to stay involved in the game and that you know something is you know someone who's played you know at such a you know such a high level or you know has had such a an intense passion of, of the actual playing and, and, and being, you know, actually part of it, you know, they, you know, maybe they don't realize that, you know, there are different, you know, loads and loads of different ways to stay within the game. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's the biggest thing. And, you know, I had my little journey in, in, in the professional world, and it was something I had a dream of doing ever since I was seriously like five years old. And I can remember Watching Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins uh, at the NBA All Star Game Fantastic. in that dunk epic, epic dunk battle, and I'll tell you that right then and there, I was like, "Look, I'm gonna be a dunker." You know, I drove my dad and my my dad crazy because I blossomed into a kid that, at one time, you know, at college, uh, despite my leg injury, I got up to about 44 inches on my vertical. So I was I was a high flyer. It just you know, I didn't have that my um, endurance my leg my leg would would uh cramp up on me and such but you know I still pursued that dream and I still accomplished it and I gave myself a pat on the back after my last workout with the pro team over in Germany and, and I smiled and I, I, I do right there you know this is it man you know Ronnie gave it your all you got to be proud of yourself man and I was I was I was at peace, you know. I'm clear across the globe. Basketball has been so good to me, uh, and then I came back and continued to grow my personal training business and, and, and my motivational speaking work. So, you know, I, I kept that whole other door open, and, and I still am involved in the game that I love. So it, it's beautiful. It's great. Uh,
1: to close, with, let's come back to the film and you know this could be something that's in the film or is actually not in the film um you know one one moment or or or, you know one interaction or or what have you one sequence of of events or whatever that that you remember and, and think about most fondly in this whole journey again this could be something that you know we viewers saw in the in in the film or something that that didn't make it uh you know got left or 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 wasn't in the film yet because it was uh because it was earlier in the process than than when the when the film team came in
2: i would say probably the most memorable and and, and most rewarding uh i mean there's so many but but Really, um, the moment when I was I was at the restaurant, we were watching the doc, you know, watching Shad on ESPN, when he went to check in, uh, the camera kind of went over and stopped for a second. He went over to check in, uh, and he was standing in his uniform. Uh, the emotions that I felt... Um, were overwhelming. You know, not a whole lot of people in that that room at the time knew that. They were all happy and cheering on him. But, but for me to actually see physically this man that's been through so much and knowing his story and seeing him standing there and they check him in and he's starting to walk on the floor tucking in his jersey, that's when – I'll never forget. I, I just felt this uh, overjoy and and um, happiness because this 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 man had made it. He had accomplished it. He had stuck to his his goal, his his plan to get there. And regardless if it was caught on on this documentary, that to me was like. It, it was it was overwhelming with joy. It was it was something that nobody can ever take from me, man. It was beautiful.
1: <laughs> um, for those who want to uh, to watch it, uh, for those who want to know more information about it, uh, about the film, everything else, uh, more information on you, um, you know, I always say, pimp your stuff. You know, tell us tell us how people can can you know get in contact with you for, and or find more information about you and also. Uh, the
0: film. Yeah, I mean,
2: if if anybody is ever interested in having me speak, or whatever wants to know more about who I am and what I do, and and more about the story of Shad and I, uh, they could go to my website, which is www.ryanwetzelbasketball.com. Um, I'm also I got a a Facebook page out there, Ryan Wetzel, Coach, Mentor, Motivator um I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to contact me there.
1: You I'm t- always up for Twitter and, and Instagram too so they have it if they want to get
0: get on there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, let me grab it real quick. I'm sorry, I got to log in. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh while he's while 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 you're doing that, um uh, so the film is is uh never too late it's available uh on youtube go go check it out um it's you know a half hour it's a fantastic watch um and uh you know it's 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 worth it even if you don't even if you have no interest in basketball just because it's an amazing story uh a human story so go check it out right and okay so
2: yeah Here it is. Uh, you can get me on Instagram. It's uh, um, it's just uh, R H Wetzel I'm on Instagram, and then Twitter is just R Wetz32. R
1: uh, Wetz32. Ryan Wetzel, thank you very much. Um, and I can only imagine. Actually, I can't even imagine um, how amazing. It was to, to watch this film uh, after experiencing such a, a magical and, and, and really truly inspirational story. Um, you know, I I love a good. I mean, I love sports movies. That uh, there's there's so many sports movies that I that I tear up, in, and in this one, you know, it, there's there's so much emotion in this thing, and and uh, so you know, they, the guys who who did it uh, give the name again was who who who, who produced the film.
2: Uh, Devin Ryder, uh, Color Burn Productions. Color Burn
1: Productions, exactly. Um, and they they you know really did a great job. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for uh, telling us about uh, about uh, more about this film. And uh, yeah, good definitely good luck uh, down the road. And, and uh, thanks for for being part of a, a really a truly magical and inspirational tale. Thank you very much. All right, um, yeah, fantastic stuff, and uh, you know, really, like I said, it's a that's a great story, and and uh, really happy that um, that uh, that that things worked out. You know, it uh, you know the fact that that, that, that you can go and, and do something, you know, like that and, and play, uh, really at a, at, a, at a pretty solid level, as far as uh you know the ABA um at that age and and really you know not gonna not gonna quite say going from nowhere, but you know just from uh from from obviously a lo- uh uh a level of you know normal training where you you know you know at that age and to go there so you know fantastic and and it was really nice being able to 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 get more insight into into the whole into the whole story and uh congratulations to um shad and uh, Ryan uh, for getting it done and then also being part of this uh, really, really nice uh, really nice uh, story. Um, again, 28 minutes. Go check it out because it's absolutely worth it. Uh, all right. So that's the end of the show. I'm going to uh, uh, just let you know what you're going to be listening to. Uh, the song's called Seven Engines. It's by Grievous Angels. It's available on freemusicarchive.org. The... Uh, not actually sure where these uh, these next generation tournament games will be available online. I'm sure they will be probably on the Svezda, uh, probably on the Cvesda website, maybe, maybe on the the Serbian t- uh, television channel that's running it. Um, but you know, just stay tuned to Adidas, ngTcom and there'll be the links for all the videos. So. Until next week, uh, be well and uh, enjoy the hoops.
0: No, seven inches and no train makes me desperate helpless hopeless discontent searching out for what i ain't spent self-indulging anything it may land while I'm Struck out the tracks in the rain Oh, mind, I won't be waiting Seven inches and no train So I guess I'll have to walk this one alone Miles on the rail was just insane These are the longest lines I've ever known Seven inches and no train Seven inches and no train Seven and the This is Gorgui Jeng with the Senegal national team I'm listening, taking a charge